This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane. First episode after the conclusion of the NBA Finals. First episode after the Browns are 4-1, the Bears are 4-1, Mizzou beat the defending champs, Ohio State football is coming back. Something is bound to go wrong. Or maybe not. Maybe Joey and I will keep riding this high. But we have an awesome interview today. Nick Friedel from ESPN stops by. He's a reporter for the, the NBA for ESPN. I mean, he does it all. He covers teams. He he goes on the jump with Rachel Nichols and Scotty Pippen. Scottie Pippen. We'll get to that interview. But before we get to all that, you know we got to talk about our sponsors because that is what we always do. First sponsor, Todd Pennington with Columbus-based Revolution Mortgage. All right, you know he's the proud sponsor of Drive the Lane. If you're looking to refinance and do a very competitive low rate or cash out for debt consolidation or even home improvements, now is the time with historically low rates. The rates have never been lower, okay? Todd should also be your go-to guy if you're looking to purchase a new home or get out of renting. Seriously, I don't know what you're looking for. Contact Todd Pennington at 614-390-9520 or visit revolutionmortgage.com slash tpennington for more info. Don't you worry. Revolution Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS ID 1686046. Before we get to the show, a little more big news. Joey, who are we partnered with now? None other than everyone's favorite men's, I don't know, grooming brand, we could say. I mean, they're more than that. Men's lifestyle brand. Manscaped. I'll say this. All right. Everyone's got that story from when you cut your balls, trying to trim. Well, that problem, gone, 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 gone. Thanks to Manscaped. They've redesigned the electric trimmer. And their engineering team has perfected – I mean, seriously, this is the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. Just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Not version 1, not version 2, not version 2.5, 3.0. Seriously, this thing's legit. LED light, 90-minute battery, cutting – pun intended – cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. This is the premium, 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 premium electric trimmer. And we're going to save you guys some cash. Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code OSU20 at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Joey, what else do you have to say about Manscaped? I saw a video, a YouTube ad for Manscaped. Obviously, it was, it was you know, projected upon me not only because they sponsor us, but because they know that I'm a man. And it was a video of a man using the lawnmower 3.0 to shave a kiwi. Everyone knows the little hairs on the kiwi, right? But a kiwi is really sensitive. You could easily see the nick, you know, in the skin of the kiwi. Nothing. The dude was like, this is so ridiculous. It can cut the hair off a kiwi. Of course, I'm going to use it on my little testes, right? So I'm a big fan of Manscaped. Obviously, so is Andrew. They Not only are they awesome, but, like, it is super legit. Like, it really will be the best thing your balls have ever seen. I mean, they might even say thank you. Your balls will thank you with Manscaped. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll thank you. They'll say, thank you so much. This feels great. Another thing that we're a fan of, all right, and this is transition to the show. Another thing that we're a fan of is the Browns and the Bears. I'm going to go first about the Browns, all right? Go ahead. Four and one, best they've ever been in my life. Four and one, best 
I've ever felt about the Browns, but I'm still skeptical because I haven't seen a game where Baker Mayfield from start to finish looks like a top 10 quarterback in the league. And I'm not saying he is a top 10 quarterback in the league. What I'm saying is he plays a game where you're like, all right. Everyone looks like a top 10 quarterback at some point. Even Mitch did, right? right. That's what I haven't seen Baker do that yet, where he plays a full game where you're like, that's a top 10 guy in this league. That's a pro bowler. And I need to see that against the Steelers to feel really confident. Even if it's against the Steelers and the Browns defense lets up a lot of points, I still need to see something special from Baker. Hats off to Stefanski for really just scheming everyone open. It's incredible to see. But with no Nick Chubb, next man up, I don't mean running back. I mean Baker. Let's, let's step up and, and, and how about show us something. So that's, that's my Browns take. I'm not letting myself get too excited. Baker, impress me. Don't be good. Be great this weekend. That's what I want to see. ESPN Cleveland talked about this earlier. They said, what would the Browns' record be with Case Keenum instead of Baker? I think it's a great question. How dumb is that? I think the Browns probably probably have one or two more losses with Case Keenum over Baker. But I do think it's a good question because a lot of the offense looks incredible because of Stefanski's schemes. So, Joe, how about your 4-1 Bears? Yeah, I – see, you can be as humble as you want, but the Bears have no business being 4-1, so I'm going to be thrilled. At the same time, I'm level-headed in terms of they could very well go 4-12 and 12 for the entire year. That's okay. But they're 4-1. and one. Are they a contender? No. Contending for what? I, I mean, are they contending to win next week? Probably, but that's about it. I mean, Nick Foles, similar to Baker, I think, like, he doesn't quite do it for me, you know? Uh, it would be it's interesting to, be, to think about the future, right, because the Bears – have that generational defense, you know, that can win a Super Bowl. Um, and we don't really have the quarterback and we don't necessarily have the weapons. And we've used first round picks on wide receivers that haven't worked and stuff. And we're still competitive. So it's all really, really interesting. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to choose to be excited though. Uh, I'm not going to be, the, the Browns are different because the Browns have, I mean, not expectations, but, not as many people are surprised, right? They, I mean, you got the first overall pick at quarterback. You got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and, like, Miles Garrett. And, like, it's not as surprising, right, in, in the grand scheme of things. The Bears, on the other hand, it's like, let's celebrate while we can that they're 4-1. and one. Um, The other thing I want to t- touch is Nick Foles owns Tom Brady, which we're not a Tom Brady podcast, but we're not against Tom Brady, right? But, like, he kind of owns him. I mean, like – he does, and to the point where Tom Brady didn't want to shake his hands. And that leads me to talk way, 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 way softer than LeBron was Tom Brady not going shaking Nick Foles' hand after the game. That way, way softer. Um, and people will make the argument that people are like, oh, he's a competitor just like LeBron. Like, no, no, no. Like, that was just – he's butthurt, right? Like, he's just butthurt. The only excuse – the only acceptable excuse there is COVID. he didn't want to shake his hands because of COVID so that's but overall Bears like I'm I am excited because we are this good with with an average offense you know like what if we got a piece that made us 
above average offense and had an elite defense. That would be pretty cool. So you might have but, you might have pieces that make you an above average offense. You just don't have the quarterback to unleash those pieces. Like exactly. Allen Robinson's got to be the most unlucky wide receiver ever. I know. What a bummer. It, I just as long as we sign him, like you're. What do we? If we don't sign him, are we going to get someone better? No chance. Like, what are we doing? Whatever. Anyway, yeah. So moving on, moving on to some college football, okay? So many upsets. Florida goes down, all right? Um, LSU goes down to my Mizzou Tigers. But Georgia, Bama, Clemson, unblemished, which is what we kind of thought. You know, I, I thought – I kind of was just being fun, saying Miami was going to beat Clemson. Like everyone. No, you weren't. Stop. Yeah, I mean, you do that. You yeah. can't do that. You can't play I mean, both sides. I mean, I can't. I can't play both sides, but also like they're the number one team there. What happened? The what happened if the What happened if the Heat lost in the first round after saying they were going to the finals? You're like, oh, I was just messing around. No, that's that's different. Why? Because the Heat didn't play the the best team. In the in the league in the first round, beat the Bucks. Well, but that's not what you just said. But either way, whatever. Clemson looks unstoppable. Bama looks unstoppable, except their defense lit up. Uh, yeah, a bunch. You think they were stealing signs? Is that crazy? No chance, right? I don't know. And and Georgia, uh, we need to see Ohio State. I'm I'm ready to see Ohio State. Um, but I'm 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 happy about Mizzou. It's been nice to see Mizzou beat LSU. It, it was a good game. I love your coach. I love I love, I love Drinkwitz. He's fucking awesome. And then, of course, of course, the first game after a win is postponed because of COVID. So, because right. that's all, how life works. All good things must come to an end. Joey, you know, you always say that college football is just not the same without Ohio State. But how are you feeling right now? Uh, I really, truly, honestly think that Ohio State, without playing a game, is the best team in the country. Isn't that crazy? Like, they, I think that they have one of, if, if, if not the best quarterback, right? We can agree on that. They have the top returning defensive back, and they have a top offensive lineman, which, as we know, are huge, huge in the game of football, but not, not just in college, just the game of football. I, I'm just a huge believer in the chip on their shoulders, and the fact that they do it year in and year out, why would this year be any different, plus the chip on their shoulder – I really, it's crazy, and I'm so biased, but I would be so scared of playing Ohio State. Obviously, like Nebraska, like, ugh, I feel really bad for Nebraska because that's a bummer. Yeah, I, I would be worried if I were Nebraska. Um, I'm just ready. I just don't want Ohio State to lose a dumb game. It would just be so frustrating. They can't. They can't lose a dumb game without fans in the stands. That's the only way they lose just, those dumb it's games. It's just we've seen we've we're already seeing upsets, which makes me also, worry. also Ryan Day's different. Maybe Urban lost those games, but Ryan Day didn't last year, right? So maybe he's different. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I think they're going to go undefeated and be in the playoff and and play Clemson, depending on what the matchup is in in, in the playoff, but. With everything we've seen so far, obviously those top three teams haven't lost, but I would not be surprised if a high-ranked Big Ten team lost to a team they're worse than. I would be surprised if Ohio State That's, lost. Yeah. But there will be ups. There, Penn State will lose. Wisconsin yeah, yeah. will lose. There 100%. will be an upset. And there will be an upset week one. It's just – it's just – it's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Nebraska, but it's going to happen. 
it'll follow suit just like the rest of the country. Teams that aren't supposed to be winning games are winning games. That's college sports in a nutshell anyway, but even more so this year. Just like in the bubble, just like in the TBT bubble, just like anywhere where it's just different, people are losing games that they're not supposed to, not supposed to lose. Just like when we play college basketball, there's a, college basketball is known for its upsets, but there's going to be even more. So, I mean, it's just something to, to keep an eye on for when, you're, for when you're betting on the games. That's all. I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to happen to Ohio State. It's just obviously the players that we know the most names on. But, like, there's going to be a game in the Big Ten where someone's Olave, Sermon, uh, Davis, Wade are out for COVID. It's going to happen. There's, and it, it might be Ohio State. It might be Wisconsin. It might be Michigan. Great point. It, it's going to happen. And, you know, you'd think a team like Ohio State, I don't know if there's anyone in the Big Ten that, that the starters are better than Ohio State's replacements. I, I, really, I really believe that. But if you get a 100% healthy and active Penn State team against an Ohio State team, potentially <laughs> missing, bless you, potentially missing five guys, you know, that's going to ch- – it's, it's going to – affect them so yeah outside factors aside Ohio State's not going to lose but I'd be shocked if they go the whole season without at least a risk of a game potentially being close because of an external factor absolutely I think that Ohio State's greatest advantage this year will be the fact that they are one of if not the most talented teams in the country from top to bottom and that is a huge factor I think right because like God forbid, like you said, one of the starters goes down and it's next man up. Nobody does next man up better than Ohio State. I mean, like, really, it's the short list of Ohio State and Bama, right, in terms of next man up. So, Well, something, uh, something I saw today, which is, is pretty interesting, is – Do we want a live reaction of Derrick Henry, Henry running in a two-yard touchdown right now? Did he do it? They're on the two-yard line right now. You want a live reaction? Is he in? I'll interrupt you. I'll interrupt you if it happens. Go ahead. Is he in? I need he him. He has the ball. He no, has he, the ball. He, I, he didn't get in. He didn't get in. I'll give you a live I'll give you a live reaction if it happens. Okay. 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 Um, the thing I was gonna say is moving on to, you know, some NBA talk. I, oh, this is what I was gonna say about Ohio State. I yeah. saw today that there were some big like what's gonna be the deal, who's gonna be the backup. People are probably like, who cares who the backup is? Justin Fields is the best quarterback, blah, blah, blah. It's important in a COVID year who the freaking backup is. Your backup is important, but especially this year. And Ohio State, hello. Haskins had to come in against Michigan. Hello. You play to win the game. Haskins had to come in against Michigan. JT Barrett Barrett had to be ready. You know, there's so many – so many Ohio State fans Wait, go. You need the fucking best quarterback. I got it. It's a great point you're making. I got to interrupt you. How dumb is it when they flicker the lights on and off when they score touchdowns? How dumb is that? Cool. I think it's cool. You're a hater. No, it's so, it's so it's overkill. Anyway, sorry. No, no I, I am a hater. In I, that respect, absolutely a hater. We and we know. Okay, back to Ohio State. We know how important backups are. Moving on to NBA before our awesome interview with Nick Friedel, which and. I, Every time we interview someone like that, like an admin. No, no, no. It's usually bullshit. This time it was really, really awesome. And I'll say it because you're the guy who says it, it was awesome all the time, which you're a very positive guy, and so am I. But he the, – the fact of the matter is he's a Chicago guy. We're a Chicago guy. That obviously boosted him up a little bit. But, but then also, like, the dude is around – his stories are just insane. And he just – it's 
we are bas- I let me put it this way. I am a basketball guy first, and it was a basket in any basketball interview to wrap up quote 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 unquote basketball season because now I will let you officially say that it is football season now. Um, it was it was awesome because it was exactly what we like to do: informative, goofy, different questions. And he was very receptive to it, and he will be on a hundred more times if 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 he'll if he'll let us have him. So I'll say this because you kind of always say like you're the basketball guy, I'm the football guy. I'll say this: the Browns are my top you know team that I'm watching no matter what. But yeah. the NBA is is my league. You know, if there's a regular season NBA game versus a regular season NFL game, I'm probably watching the NBA game. If, Good. Like, I didn't watch a single second of the Sunday night football game. I watched the whole finals game. You know how locked in I was for LeBron. And that's a good transition to my question for you. You don't even know what I'm asking here. All right. I want your headline, okay, slash, like, your narrative from the finals that you like the most or that you are most interested in. And then I want the player you're most happiest from the Lakers that got a ring. Um. Okay, headline has to be the fact that the season even got played, right? I mean, it's just the work that Adam Silver, the NBA, the NBA, the NBPA, NBPA, like the fact that the bubble, they were the first league to do it, like major sports league, obviously the TBT, they showed them the blueprint, right? But the first major sports league to have this bubble and be super successful, and as Nick Fernell gets into, like, like the TV contracts got got set and it was people made a lot of money still you know like all that good stuff is insane I just like I know you want me to say that it's LeBron winning the ring like no like when we look back on it like this will be a weird this will be a weird forgotten type year besides the fact that LeBron won and the best team probably won right but then also the fact that the season got played in the middle of a pandemic. If that's by far my number one headline. I think, I think my number one headline is LeBron in 2011, 2012 might bend over and lose this finals, you know, again, a finals where he puts up 40 points in a loss pissed off at his teammates, pissed off at Danny Green. Don't usually see that from LeBron where the next game after a disappointing loss is he just was pissed at his teammates. absolute that, domination. That was pretty crazy to me how mad at his teammates he was. Like Dwight Howard screwing up on defense, Kuzma. It wasn't like a positive, come on, man, get your shit together. It was like, you're going to cost me this Bro, final. I was surprised that the follow-up to that was absolute domination. Yeah. Danny Green knocking down shots. KCP was Detroit KCP. And then just to do it like a little snake draft, the guy I'm happiest for, I'm, I'm sure you might say Dwight Howard. People are going to say Dwight Howard. People are going to say, you know, Rondo, another ring. I'm happiest for Caruso, okay? Because uh-huh. you get a guy like Caruso who, if they don't win this year, his whole career is you only did what you did because you had LeBron. You only had the opportunity because they had to sign shitty players because of the contracts. Now it's, fuck you. I started in game six. I'm an NBA champion. And I have a ring. Like, I think 
I think what transpired for him to not only be a huge contributor in the last game, but start play well, like I, I, I maybe I'm happiest for Dwight Howard, but I'm most like, all right, that's awesome. Like, talk your shit, Caruso. You're a champ. You're not. You're not Dion Waiters who sat on the bench and and got a ring. You're not like part. what? He played a huge role. He right. really did. I think I think J.R. Smith. You know, say what you want. He's playing. I think he's playing a big role in that locker room. I think he. Yeah. I he's think a he's playing a bigger role than people think. LeBron may have hated him after that layup thing, <laughs> but let me tell you who LeBron was probably leaning on through that whole playoffs. Constant, just this sucks. Ready to get out of here. I'm ready to get out of here. Oh, here you go, LeBron. But <laughs> also, Jared Dudley. Happy for him. And we're gonna go. Okay, Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley is my answer because and shout out to zach feldman if you're listening to this growing up i used to play 2k leagues 2k whatever fantasy drafts whatever with my buddies and i always needed jared dudley stretch four who could shoot threes and it was always a running joke like i love jared dudley like he's in my top five players because he was one of the first guys i really got into 2k with everyone's got those 2k players you know like Strohmile Swift or guys like that, right? Jared Dudley was my guy, and to see him win is honestly making me laugh out loud because I followed him on Twitter since I got Twitter, and now he's an NBA champ, you know? So that's who I'm most excited for. Caruso's the easy answer because, like, he's an undrafted, bald, white point guard. Like, how many of those guys even exist, right? So that's the – He's the easy answer, Caruso, but I'll go the different way and go Dudley. I mean, like, Caruso is the NBA version of me, except for he can't shoot, really. He's like the NBA version of Dockage. He's like a leveled-up TJ McConnell. That's, that's, like, a, good, that's a good example of NBA version of Dockage because – and this is no offense to you. Like, Dockage was starting games. I know. Like, me he started one game. He started one game. Caruso started one game. And I started one game, so don't do that. Well, okay? wait, he only started senior night? Yeah, sorry to ruin your argument there. He didn't start one real game. No, we had a really good team, dude. Well, but so did the Lake. Oh, also, one more thing I want to say. What the hell is Avery Bradley thinking right now? How's he? He's got a ring. I don't think he cares. Well, he I, – I saw that him and his family donated a ton of supplies and money and stuff to the bubble also. What no, 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 no. To the WNBA bubble. Oh, okay. Well, what do you think um, – what do you think, like, the players think of it? I'm curious. I don't think there's any hard feelings. I really don't. I if think they'll they give lose, a shit, like – If they lose, are there hard feelings? No. Like, if you lose no, – no. let's, let's, say, let's say Jamal Murray, who he would have been probably the premier def- – or the – yeah, the premier defender on, kills them and they win. Are you mad at, at Bradley at all? No. If LeBron didn't go to the, go to the finals – or didn't go to the bubble, then yeah, I'm fucking pissed at LeBron. But Avery Bradley, like, there's reasons that people can't go for whatever reason, right? You know, like, his wife was pregnant, you know? So, um, I respect it. I, I, I think that because they, because they won, he'll get more shit than if they would have lost. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's fun shit. It's, it's like, hey, man, we didn't even need you. You got that ring for nothing, you know? Like, I, it's funny. It, that's uh, that's interesting though. I know that like, if I was him, it's just another take. Hey, fuck you, I got a ring like Caruso. You know, it's the same thing. But uh, yeah, it's interesting stuff, no doubt. 
So we're going to get to our interview with Nick Friedel. We talk about everything except the Bulls because screw the Bulls. They don't deserve to be talked about until we do something. And I don't mean make a move. I mean until we're winning games. Um, maybe that'll be what the doom is. You know, everything else is too good for us sports-wise. Maybe the doom. Yeah, but you know – you know me, like, I root for the Bulls. Like, I love to see Chicago win. But, like, am I really a Bulls fan anymore? Unfortunately, I'm, I'm very realistic. Probably not. Right? Well, if, like, were, if, they, if they, all of your college, were good, then I think you would have a, have a different opinion. Because, you know, if the Bulls would have been good and your Ohio friends were Cavs fans and they were, like, battling, that helped build yeah. kind of more fans. No doubt. No doubt. Same way, it's just like, you know, it's it, – I think I've, as the years went on, I lost more fandom. I think in college I was a fan until I was like, I like watching college basketball more for a billion different reasons. Right. But like, uh, it, if I had to pick any team to win the championship, it probably wouldn't be the bulls. That's all it. But at the same time, if they won, of course I'm winning it. What? Would it be Jalen and the maps? Uh, yeah. Or Kata. I think probably Jalen just because, well, Jalen would most likely be more of a contributor on that championship. Exactly, and and Kata would agree. Like, it, it's no knock to Kata, and also because they had a really good chance this year, right? You know, like, so it's a little bit different. That's why I would like to see – it's like saying, would you rather see Jimmy Butler or LeBron win? Even if you're a LeBron fan, someone – you'd be like, I. it's not like liking see LeBron win. Like, it's almost like – supposed to happen. Well, right? I, you know? I personally wanted LeBron. I didn't want Jimmy to win. No, but you get – I'd say, like, who would you rather win a championship? It's not LeBron, but, like, some people would be like, oh, LeBron will have 100 chances. Like, you know, that's why it's like – but so if the Bulls were really, really good, I would be more of a Bulls fan. I mean, that's just the nature yeah. of, of a human being, right? I, so. watch, I watch most of the Bulls games. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty invested, but, you know – I have found myself over the last few years caring and paying attention more to, you know, the Lakers or when LeBron was on the Cavs. Like, it's just – and it's not even about fandom. It's just, like, why would I want to watch a bad Bulls game? Like, yeah. I like the Bulls. I know everything's going on. But why would we want to watch, like, lower-quality basketball when we can watch, you know, LeBron and – Higher-quality basketball. <laughs> you, it's lower quality than the highest quality. Yeah. No doubt. It's like a bunch of bad NBA players on the court together is low-quality basketball. I disagree, but I get what you're saying. Low-quality NBA players are not low-quality basketball players. I'm not saying they're low-quality players. I'm saying the you're viewing low-quality basketball. Like, like there's a lot of people who – Yeah, when you – This when is a good example. This is a good example. Two bad teams in the SEC, okay – like, Mizzou in the, my freshman and sophomore year, they won, like, six games a season, okay? Those teams are – they're obviously better players than, like, Chicago high school teams, but I'd rather watch, you know, a better quality overall game of basketball in, in the high school level than a bad – Yeah, I'd rather watch the NCAA National Championship than the Bulls versus the Wizards. Right, or even, like, a regular season, like – Probably yeah, no, no. Yeah, I went to I went to the Bulls Wizards game last year, and I was like, if Bradley Beal didn't score fifty one points in that game, yeah. it would have been like, holy moly, like this is no bueno. <laughs> but I I see what you're getting after. But I think that's enough from us. We should probably let the expert talk about 
uh, talk about the NBA and stuff. So enjoy this interview with Nick Friedel as much as we did, hopefully. Um, definitely we'll have him on again. And stay tuned for uh, the end of the episode where we tease our, our next guests because uh, I think it'll be someone that you guys will be very, very invested in. All right. See ya. All right, join us now on Drive the Lane, NBA reporter for ESPN. This is long overdue. We tried to talk to him a while ago about the Warriors, but then D'Angelo Russell got hurt. So finally, the NBA season has concluded, and we welcome Nick Friedel to the show. Nick, welcome. Guys, it's great to be with you. We are happy to have you. We're a little upset that the NBA season is over because we don't know when we're getting basketball. But before we get to questions like that, first question, what were your immediate takeaways from the NBA Finals? I still can't believe the Heat actually got all that way. And the fact that they did is a credit to Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra. I truly like it. So many people around the league sometimes, they roll their eyes at that, oh, the Heat culture. But the reason the Heat were there on top of all those players playing at a level above uh, where they might have been in a regular world is – because they all bought into it. And to get through the bubble, and the Lakers obviously deserve a, a huge amount of credit for winning the title, but to get to that point in the bubble, you need mental toughness. And that Heat team has it in spades. So on top of the fact that there's going to be so much about LeBron and AD and, and the Lakers putting it together, I think the biggest takeaway out of those finals is that, that the Heat were able as a fifth seed to get all the way through and, and get within two games of a, a championship. So obviously this season will be known as LeBron winning his fourth ring, but to most, to more people, to people like me, it'll be more about um, the bubble. I mean, obviously incredible, obviously groundbreaking besides the TBT, of course, our friends at the TBT. I mean, it was seemed impossible. Um, what, what are your takeaways just from the NBA side, not the, not the basketball side, but the NBA's job? And making and making this season happen. I love the, the the fact that the NBA made it work, and that everybody was safe down there, and that no players tested positive, and they made it happen from start to finish is something that will be remembered forever. And I'm with you. I I know that there's a lot of focus as there should be on LeBron, and that LeBron Michael conversation is only going to become more prominent over the next few years, but the fact that this happened at all, that there were playoffs, that there was the bubble, that those TV contracts were fulfilled in a lot of ways, it's a gigantic, gigantic credit to Adam Silver, Michelle Roberts, the NBA, the MBPA, and for the players uh, for, for making it happen because it was, it was just unbelievable the amount of work that went into it and for it to get from where it did, where we saw the, the team doctor running on the floor in Oklahoma City in March to then seeing LeBron hold the trophy in October is something the league should be proud of and will be remembered for for years and years to come. So, not to brag, but way back on August 13th, I put in a bet that was the Heat will come out of the East, 50 bucks to win 400 and Joey will tell you after every heat win I said that $400 is coming <laughs> let me tell you so I was 
I was very happy with the outcome of the season. The That's Heat- your storyline, not LeBron winning. It's you winning that bet, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, my question to you, all right, which one of these, you know, headlines that we've heard over the last few years is, is dumber or, or is, is less true than the other, all right? LeBron's only going to L.A. to make movies. The Lakers gave up too much for AD. Uh, well, the, it, the, the stupider one is that the Lakers gave up too much money or is it too, much, too many prospects for AD because there wasn't anything you wouldn't give up on that roster until <laughs> Anthony Davis. I think what we've seen, guys, is that as a number one star on a team, eh, I mean, you're going to get maybe to the second round, and, and we saw them have some success in New Orleans, but as a, a secondary star to one of the game's greatest uh, players of all time or, or one of the greats in the league now, certainly, Anthony Davis is a perfect fit uh, for what they need. So uh, on top of LeBron's legacy, and again, that, that is such a huge focal point, Anthony Davis's legacy now all of a sudden gets cemented a lot more than it had been prior to this because he showed in the biggest of games not only can he show up but he can dominate at times I mean there were plenty of people who thought at least in the beginning of the series hey Anthony Davis is going to be MVP of the finals and then LeBron had a couple performances there at the end that that, that got him to that point but uh, I, I think there were there was a, a lot of doubt about LeBron's intentions as far as when he got to L.A., you're thinking, all right, how much is basketball at the forefront? And this goes back to your question. Of the forefront of what he wants to do. And what he did in this moment in time is after a terrible year last season, he kind of went, all right, I'm still, if not the best in that, in that conversation as being the guy in this league, I can still put a team on my back at times, and I just needed the right star next to me, in this case, Anthony Davis, to help me out. So uh, this series, this bubble run, it will be LeBron. Everything's always about LeBron. But Anthony Davis really helped himself uh, in the long run because of the way he performed. While we're on the topic of legacies, um, who cemented their Hall of Fame status more by winning this championship? Dwight Howard or Rajon Rondo? I always had Dwight in already me too uh so rondo rondo is going to be one of those cases guys where it's going to be right on the cusp i think rondo who is who's talked openly about wanting to be a coach if if rajan goes into coaching and he wins a title then i think he's stamped right now as a player it's still in question but dwight no matter what he did, and to his credit, I didn't think he'd have the impact on this year that he did. I thought Dwight was always a Hall of Famer because Dwight, in his era, was one of the very, very best. It's kind of gotten lost because he's been hurt for the last few years, but people have forgotten. And I say this as a proud Orlando native. Dwight was unbelievable. He was young. So, He's going in. Rondo will probably go in over time, but I think he needs a little bit more to, to stamp his case. 
I, I agree with you. I, I, Joey and I have talked about this before because we kind of talked about who we would – we did a big thing for TBT where we were the co-hosts of Inside TBT, which was a little show we did. And we talked about, like, who we would want coaching. We both said Rondo without communicating about it. So we agree with the coaching thing 100%. I, I heard – I heard, And he – guys, I just add this real fast. When it ends, when his career ends, whenever it does the next year or two – He's going to be in serious demand. Rondo is going to get a job. It'll be like when Jason Kidd retired a few years back. Rondo's going to be the guy that a lot of teams already know, hey, this guy's won titles. He has the respect of the players. He's going to fit in somewhere. I can't think of a player in the last, you know, 10 years where more people have talked about how good of a coach he's going to be while he's still playing than, than Rondo. You know, maybe a little Jason Kidd. It's, it's kind of like the point guard thing. Like, the good point guards, people are like. Oh, it's always the point guard thing. Yeah. But, like, Rondo is always, always, always talked about being a coach. Like, I feel like when the Bulls brought him in, Nick, everyone was like, they're bringing him in as another coach. And then when the Lakers <laughs> brought him in, they're like, it's just another coach on their bench. But then we saw this. And, and then there he is draining threes the other night. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> he can still do it. So, he can still exactly. surprise you. That, that playoff Rondo moniker has been well-earned, and it's something that, uh, that that he just threw out a reminder to the world, like, hey, I'm not done yet. I can still play at the highest level. That Lakers roster in their prime, people are – I mean, they really aren't – where they stand right now, they weren't the most talented team in the NBA. Obviously, LeBron and AD puts them over the hump in terms of talent. But if you put them all in their prime, that's like the best team ever assembled. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. We can talk about the Lakers forever. Obviously, there's more stuff to talk NBA-wise. My next kind of question is we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't look to the future, obviously, right? What storylines have your attention heading into next season, whenever that might start? I'm curious, and, and part of this is because I'm around this team more often than, uh, than anything still in the moment, how the Warriors jump into this whole – deal and the only team I think it's funny you mentioned the Lakers and their prime with their group I'd still argue that KD Steph Draymond Clay team yeah that first first couple years oh my lord (laughs) that team is just incredible that that team came to be in the moment but uh I think for next year I'm curious to see what the Clippers do because you make the, the change and you, uh, you, you get rid of Doc and you have to bring somebody else in. That team, guys, I thought they were so clearly above everybody else. I, I ended up being wrong. I thought the Clippers would come together with Kawhi and, and win, and it didn't happen. So now you have this coaching change, and that's going to be interesting to follow. Uh, but for me, to see what happens with Steph Clay Draymond how do you weave Wiggins into what you've got now? And then what do you do with that number two pick? Do you trade it? Do you keep it and hope that you, you can get a star for the future? There's a lot of questions around that group. But I, I tell you this as someone who's watched them now the last couple of years, they hear everything that everybody's saying. Mm-hmm. And they know that everybody's kind of uh, waved goodbye to the, the title. I forgot about it. I, I think that, to me – is the most intriguing on top of what happens with Giannis in Milwaukee. And I know having talked to him over the years, he loves it there. But 
if you don't win, <laughs> that, that love can shift a little bit. So that's the storyline throughout the whole league that is going to be most prominent because he is that good. And if you put him in the right situation, it's only a matter of time before he wins the title. I call him, uh, I call him Giannis. Oh, cause he makes me yawn when he's out on the court. Cause <laughs> oh. oh man. Come on now. He does yeah. some stuff every night where you're like, huh? It's just too good. One day I thought of it. One day I thought of it. I was like, boom, Giannis. I got to run with it. I was like, I got to <laughs> tell my friends. And, and what was the reaction that they, they gave you when you, uh, you ran with it? Well, now it's become a, a running joke. And my other friend calls Zion. Well, he'll type out Zion, but he'll do the, like, the ZZZ sleeping emoji. Uh, so now we have uh, Giannis and, and ZZZ Zion. So they're both kind of jokes. Nick, that one's bad. <laughs> my, my next question um people kind of fell in love with the Suns in the bubble this year everyone everyone loves John Morant everyone thinks the Pelicans are gonna you know take that next step next year all right that's who knows what's gonna happen with the T-Wolves with with Kat and and uh and our guy D'Lo from Ohio State how close are we to the NBA going with the top 16 teams and not East versus West I, I think they're still going to hold to East-West. And it's funny that we're talking about this because I, I went to China a couple of years ago during uh, that, that trip where it was the Timberwolves and the Warriors. And the question that you just asked me is the exact same question I asked Adam Silver. And I said, at what point do you guys go from 1 through 16 regardless of conference? And he's like, we talk about it. Uh, we're still talking about it. And certainly with the – the private planes and the ability to get to different places, it's easier than it, it has been in years past. But I, I don't see it changing anytime soon. I think the league likes that there are still rivalries that they can play off one another. Uh, they know how far the travel can be. I mean, guys, in a normal world, can you imagine Miami to L.A. for game five, game six, and then potentially back to L.A.? It'd be fun for you, seven. though. It, huh? <laughs> It'd be fun for you. Not for oh, the if I am in L.A., oh, I, I would never sleep. <laughs> you, you, I, I would just be, it would be two weeks of just going back and forth awake all the time. <laughs> you, Rachel Nichols, and Scottie Pippen would have too much fun with them. <laughs> uh, that would be – I think that, that, that's what, that's what the, the media people in the league were all upset about because they're looking at Miami and L.A. They're like, oh, my gosh, it would be like the dream finals because – You'd be on South Beach, and then you'd go hang out in L.A. for a week or so. But anyway, that <laughs> illustrates why the 1 through 16 would be a problem. Because can you imagine Miami, L.A. in the first round? That it, it would just wear on everybody. Uh, and I think after they tried it, they'd kind of go, eh, do we really want to do this long term? Who knows? Well, then do you think the alternative to that is – to run with, you know, those play-in games. And definitely next year where we might see a reduced season, do you think it could potentially be 9, 10, 11, 12 teams in the divisions that get play-in games? The league loves those play-in games. I think they are going to try hard. I don't know if it would go deeper than 8, 9, maybe 10, 11 as like a, a mini play-in to the big play-in game. But I can tell you guys from personal experience that season – a couple years ago, 
In fact, when, when Jimmy got the Timberwolves to the playoffs, they played – Minnesota played Denver last night of the regular season. Out of all the games I've covered in all the years I've been doing this, for a regular season game, that was probably the most intense game I've ever seen. And the league knows that. The league knows that it wants to drum up as much interest and excitement as it can going into the postseason. So I think the playing games are here to stay. The question will be, do they go 8, 9, 10, 11? How do they shuffle the teams, especially when you've got a, uh, an, an example like the Eastern Conference this year where it was like Orlando, Brooklyn, and then the <laughs> just dot, dot, dot. So uh, we'll see. But without question, I think the playing games are, are going to happen and they'll continue. So we talked – we mentioned Jimmy Butler – we're huge Jimmy Butler guys, as I'm sure you are as well. How ridiculous was this year? Or was it, or were you like, you know what? I expect that out of Jimmy Butler. Is Because at some point you got to be, you know, rational. Like, that was insane. You know, the, the run that he took them on was insane. What are your thoughts on just on Jimmy, on Jimmy Buckets? It's been unbelievable to watch because I've covered him since the night he came into the league. He got drafted by the Bulls. To think that Jimmy has gone from a guy who barely played that first year and a half in Chicago to the face of a, a team that was two games away from winning the title is stunning. And, and guys, I'd, I'd say the only person who thought that Jimmy Butler could do this in the league was Jimmy Butler himself. That's it. That is the list. Not Gar Foreman? <laughs> it's not Gar. It's 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 not the Bulls, but I, it, it's nobody. In in defense of my old pals Gar and Pax, it nobody thought this. Nobody thought that Jimmy could be the Jimmy that he's been at this level, and it's a credit to him because in all the years that I, I have not only been in Chicago but been around the league, I've never ever seen a player go from the 15th guy in the roster, to the star of the team. And that's what Jimmy has turned himself into. I, now, I think in a normal world, again, I don't know if Miami gets all the way to this point, but we're not in a normal world. So it, it's all moot now. And no matter what people would say moving forward about Jimmy, he forever changed the narrative about it. Because even if the Heat come out next season and they're not able to do – what, what they want to do and, and get back to that level as uh, a title contender, they were two games away from winning it right now. Uh, and, and the reason we're talking about heat culture and all this other stuff is because of Jimmy and because he's got a lot of like-minded guys around him who see the, the game the same way he does and want to put in the work. So to see him have that kind of success is unbelievable, but it's all a credit to him. So if this were the NFL, the Heat would have the hardest schedule in the league next year and probably not make the playoffs, which is what usually happens to the Super Bowl runner-up. But because it's the NBA, I personally think that the Heat could be a top-two seed in the East next year. Who knows? Like, it's tough. The Bucks back-to-back years, best record in the NBA, not even – like, no title. It's tough to do that three years in a row. So who knows what the Bucks will be next year. What's your way, 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 way too early, because we don't even know when the season is starting, 
way too early, maybe three title favorites for next year. You got to put the Lakers up there. Uh, and you're talking to somebody who wasn't sure that the Lakers could bring it all together this year. I mean, the fact that the Lakers came out and won the title and, and LeBron and AD worked so quickly with the pieces around them, uh, that's a huge credit to the roster and to Frank Vogel, who I think gets lost in the shuffle of, of people who had an impact on, on that group. So I'd go Lakers. I still say the Clippers have an incredible amount of talent on that team. They just need to put it together the right way. And then that third team, because I, as we sit here right now, I, if you told me the Heat were adding another star, I, there's been talk about Bradley Beal, there's been whoever, whether it was a trade, whether it was free agency, if you told me they had one more piece, I'd say the Heat. The Heat, the Heat are it. They're ready. They know they can get there now. I've never been a believer in Milwaukee as a true title contender. I just don't think that <laughs> – uh, not, not just Giannis, but I don't like the construction of the roster. It's like you look at the roster and it's like Giannis, Chris Middleton, and then uh, night to night, uh, you know, I don't know. So Pat Connaughton, uh, DiVincenzo, he's a friend. Let's, no, no, no bagging on DiVincenzo. We like him. And they're all nice players, but in order <laughs> to win a title. Uh, we agree with you. We've always said that, that we just don't we, – we've never bought into to Milwaukee. But I think one team that you haven't mentioned, which deserves to be mentioned, is the Nets. I mean, like, deserve to be mentioned. Are, are they going to be able to do it in one year? Maybe not. But, I mean, they got two of their best seven and, guys. And to your point, you can't say no on the Nets flatly. Right. right. And I say this as someone who watched Kevin Durant work day to day that first year I was in Golden State. As far as pure talent goes, LeBron is LeBron, at least for our era. I mean, I, I'm a Jordan guy. Nobody's going to top Michael. But LeBron is the guy and has been for years. Pure talent, though, <laughs> in a game before he got hurt. I don't think people fully embrace how unbelievable Kevin Durant is. I mean, Kevin, before he hurt his Achilles – <laughs> to see him just – he could dominate. I, I think back to that Clippers series from now a couple of years ago in the playoffs when he was going, I'm Kevin Durant, and then he comes out and drops like 40 on, on a Clippers team that was damn good defensively when they wanted to be. So, off an Achilles, that's really tough. But if he's anywhere near where he was, they're always going to have a shot. Kyrie is – he says a lot of weird stuff, but he is so damn talented when he's healthy. The question will be, as it was for the Lakers this year, what happens to the rest of the group? Well, how does the rest of that roster look? Uh, Karis LeVert had some good moments. Is he ready to take that step? It, it reminds me of the conversation surrounding Kuzma going into this year for the Lakers. Could Kuzma be the third guy? Lakers, in the end, really didn't even need Kuzma. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. They, Don't they, even start with Kuzma. But there wasn't even – it was. it's so interesting because it ended up being KCP hit a ton of big shots. Rondo hit a few uh, big, big shots in the finals. Caruso had his moments. Like, Kuzma was like, what's, what's he doing? What, what's going on out there? So, uh, but I think the Nets can put it together this year. No, I think it'll take some time. I like 
Steve Nash hire, I think that's going to work. The question will be, how do you fill up the rest of the roster with guys who are going to help in the postseason? And that's what nobody has the answer for right now. Of course, Steve Nash is going to work because he's a point guard as a coach. That's just how it works, right? So baseball. All those catchers end up being managers at some point. It's the same thing. And that's working really well in Chicago. So we're we're good. Nick. (laughs) Um, So a weird thing that happens in the NBA is people's narratives kind of change. You know, everyone hated LeBron when he was in Miami, and then everyone hated the Warriors and wanted LeBron to win the title for Cleveland. And then everyone wanted the Warriors to beat the Raptors because, you know, Steph was doing it undermanned and, and KD was hurt and he came back and Clay with the coolest moment ever with the tearing the ACL and knocking down the free throws. What narrative change do you think we could expect to see? Like, I think people could come out and be like, wow, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are my favorite duo in the league. <laughs> I love them. They're so they de- they deserve a title this year. Like something crazy like that's got to happen. Andrew, it's a it's a good point in this sense. Doc Rivers has so much clout in the league, and he's won and he's lost it at the highest possible levels. But I think Doc and his presence give Embiid and Simmons this moment to kind of start fresh. And I've never – I personally, I've never bought into the Sixers as being legit title contenders just because I've never believed that the way the roster was constructed could get them all be stay healthy. The way that Ben Simmons could hit three, he's going to need to at some take his game to the next level. But with Doc there, the experience that he's got, it's as good a chance as any to hit the refresh button. And if it doesn't work now for the Sixers, it's never going to work for this core. Then you're looking at you have to pick Simmons or Embiid and, and trade off one for uh, some, some different players because it's not, it's not happening the way they expected it to. So out of all the narrative shifts, I'm not ready to completely give up on Philly, but I think they have the best chance to go from, eh, you know, maybe this team isn't meant to be too okay. Uh, people were too quick to say it's never going to happen for them because they needed the right coach and they needed the right pieces around them. Well, people pro- like most people before this playoffs probably would have Ben Simmons above Jimmy on their list of stars. And they would definitely would have had him beat over Bam. So you look at it and just with those two pieces and obviously they're different players, but you think, that if the Heat could get to the finals, the Sixers building around those two pieces would be able to. But obviously so much more factors into that. Uh, Joey, I'll let you ask a question, but I want to ask this before I forget it. Um, Nick Wright, who I personally love because he's LeBron and I'm, I'm with him, two of his, two of his like, like Giannis, funny narrative type things that I've heard him saying lately are, one, Kyrie Irving is Brad Beal with the ring. And two, and two, um, losing in the finals hurts Jimmy Butler's legacy because, because it hurt LeBron's legacy when he lost whenever he did. So I obviously don't agree. He, he actually didn't say that. He was asking, so does this hurt Jimmy Butler's legacy? So my question to you, do you have any, you know, 
and it doesn't have to be from a current player, but in all your years of covering the sport, do you have any guys that you were just like, I am not a believer in that guy, and there's nothing he can do, there's nothing you can tell me that will change my mind? Hmm. That that last one, the, the losing in the final, I'm just trying to process that, the Jimmy losing in the finals that nobody thought he could get to. And I, <laughs> I like that we went to school together. <laughs> you didn't say that. He was, wow. saying, like, he was saying as a joke, like, oh, so does this mean that Jimmy – but, like, obviously no. Oh, okay, all right, all right. He, uh, he didn't mean it, but he tweeted it out like he meant it for clicks and stuff. So, I mean. Oof, man. Well, we'll just we'll let that one <laughs> let that one stay there. Uh, I, you know the guy, <laughs> and he and he had a hell of a bounce back year uh, this season after getting moved to Oklahoma City. But the guy I've just never bought into as uh, as great as the narrative wanted him to believe. And this is partly because I watched him in, in Houston for a while and it just didn't fit, which is why they moved him. It's Chris Paul. He's a Hall of Famer. He's going uh, to win games somewhere. But as a guy, as like the number one face, and, and this, in fairness to Chris, I think this is earlier in his career. Uh, I just never bought that he could take a team as the point guard, as the number one guy and get them there. And uh, they had their moments in L.A. with the Clippers. You thought maybe they it would happen. But as far as that one guy who I've, I've just never believed in fully as the guy, it would probably be him. And part of that is because I watched him for so many years growing up. I'm like, this guy's unbelievable. And then you start to see him night to night on the floor and he's complaining constantly and that doesn't make him different than a lot of guys in the league it's just that when you combine that with Houston where he was just kind of flopping all over the floor I was like come on now I like I that just it really bugs me what so, Houston does though you go to yeah, Houston that, it's, it's, unlikable yeah they, they, they have a reputation certainly uh <laughs> narrative switch coming for Houston in the next few years all of a sudden people are gonna be like I love James Harden style. Yeah, <laughs> they, 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 yeah that fits into, it fits into what you guys are asking before. Like, okay, that Houston going from the villains at times to like, oh, that underdog, those, those Rockets, they're really getting it together here. I, maybe. And, and, and maybe the guy that we're, we need to focus on is Westbrook. Like, oh, Westbrook, is he's kind of oh. over the hill. That contract's not going to be great. And, and then, like, he's going to go to another team. And, oh, Russell Westbrook at the end of his uh, – triple-double. He's really turning it around, you know. <laughs> so, who knows? But the, the guy for me, I, it was just disappointing, I guess, on a personal level because you're, you're watching Paul and you're seeing him be as great as he's been. And then to see him those last few years in Houston just kind of – he's all over the floor. Although, although again, in fairness, Chris Paul, this – this bubble and the, the continuation this season, by all accounts, it doesn't happen without Chris Paul. So, shout out to Chris Paul for, <laughs> for making it work the way he did in that regard, for sure. It's funny you said Chris Paul because that's one guy that it's been, a, for me, a roller coaster because I grew up obsessed with him. Like, I had his jersey. I have a frame jersey in my room. Like, I was obsessed with him. I had his shoes, everything. And then as I got older and started really studying the game, like for my own personal gain, I was like, I was like, this guy only passes when he can get an assist and he dribbles more than any person in the entire NBA and like, blah, blah, blah. Obviously he's unbelievable, but like it doesn't, 
I don't like him as much now. And then all of a sudden, it's like now I'm like a basketball, just like a like a fan now again. It's yeah. like the dude's incredible, and he took a team that wasn't supposed to be in the playoffs as to he made it happen. And, no doubt. Yeah, and, and I and I wanted them to beat the Rockets and all this stuff. So it's funny you say Chris <laughs> Paul. I don't think I'm quite on the same level in terms of quote unquote not believing in him as a face or whatever because. I think there's only four of those guys in the NBA anyway, right? Um, but it's funny you mentioned him. Uh, my last question, I know Andrew probably has a few more. My last one is something that me and Andrew have talked about um, individually one-on-one, but never posed it to anyone on the podcast. And I think it, the timing works out well considering the Heat were awesome and yada, yada, yada. Um, we didn't mention him. Tyler Hero obviously burst onto the scene in the bubble. My question is, would you rather have whoever the number one pick is in the draft? So you have the number one pick, you get to choose whoever, or Tyler Hero. Having talked to enough people, guys, around the league, I think plenty of them would take Hero right now just because of the uncertainty of whoever it is. I think we'd all agree as we as we sit here a month before the draft, there could be that star. A guy could be. Uh, the the next big thing in the league, but the <laughs> the far greater likelihood is eh, we, we don't know. So uh, in, in that regard, it, it's not so much a knock on the James Wiseman's or uh, Lamelo or you know whoever else you want to put in that category of being potentially the number one pick. It's that Hero is playing at a level offensively that most vets don't get to in the league. So the question for Hero is going to be, can he raise the level of his defensive game to a point where you can rely on him even more? And that'll be what he has to put the work in. But knowing who's out there and knowing the question marks surrounding uh, each guy, I, I would probably lean towards Hero uh, on top of the fact that confidence-wise, I mean, can we name that many rookies <laughs> that have come in and Zero. just Zero. shooting shots all over? And you're like, well, what? He just snarling at the non-existent crowd. I mean, it's That's just right. Like, I, so I, I know, having talked to Jimmy and listened to him enough, he loves him. That's usually a good litmus test for yeah. okay, if if it's good enough for Jimmy Butler, work ethic wise and improving, it should be good enough for everybody else. Nick, I got one final question because I know you got to get out of here, get to dinner, probably with like. MJ, Steve Kerr, and (laughs) (laughs) my last question. And also, we didn't even talk about the Bulls, which we'll do come season. We'll have you back on. We'll talk about – Do we even want to – I mean, Nick, we love you, but do we even want to do that? I don't (laughs) know. I I do like the Billy Donovan hire, but, guys, truly, like, as as somebody who lived and breathed the Bulls for so many years, it's disappointing that Doc, that that he got fired, let go a, a week later. Because that was the job I always – and I still think Doc will end up there at some point. But that fit of Doc as a Chicago guy coming back to coach the Bulls, it's just too bad because it, it would have fit. It would have worked, and it would have been so interesting to see the all those different dynamics in play. I agree. But my last question. <laughs> so, we've had Jalen Brunson on. Not to brag, but we've had Duncan Robinson on. All right. So my hey, you had a hell of a year. A hell of a year. Great year. My question to you, who is kind of like your guy or your story that 
if you had to pick one, you're like, this interview with blank is the best thing I've ever done. I, I, to me, there are so many cool things that have happened. It jumps to mind. I talked to Derek uh, Rose on SportsCenter or for SportsCenter a year ago, right after he had that 50-point game. And, and having shared that history with him for all those years in Chicago was just cool as hell. Uh, and 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 being able to have it filmed and everything else. Uh, in the beginning, a couple years into when I started at ESPN Chicago, Joe Keem, Noah, and I did a podcast. It, it was supposed to happen all the time. It happened once. We called it the Joe Show. And that still brings a smile to my face, thinking of, like, sitting with Joe at the Birdo Center for 45 minutes on some Saturday before a game, and we were just riffing on a bunch of different stuff. But that one moment that you're describing, what popped into my head is this was the year Derek was on the verge of winning MVP. And we were in Charlotte, and the game ended. And I used to carry this, like, big box with me. Uh, it, was like a, it was like a big radio mic, and, but it was from, like, you know, the 80s, I'm sure. And you had to plug it in and, and carry it around. I'm carrying this thing around like I always did. I'm like oh, man, there's Michael Jordan. And for me, everybody's going to have the, oh, I'm a LeBron guy, I'm a Michael guy. I was lucky enough to see Michael in person enough where I was like, this is it for me. I'll never see in my mind somebody that will top what he was able to accomplish on the floor. I say all that because he's walking down the hallway, and I'm like, this is, this is my chance. And so I walk up with this, like, Mike box on my shoulder. This has got to be – this is that 2010-11 season. And, and he, I was like, Michael, they, they were just about to do the reunion, the 20, I think the 20th anniversary reunion for that first title team. Yeah, so it would have been 2011 because 91. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I said, can I ask you about the, the reunion? And he's like, all right. All right. And so I put that mic up, and I'm like, uh, so, Michael, uh, you know, what do you remember? What are you looking forward to about uh, coming back to Chicago and being around the guys? And he answers a couple questions, and, uh, and, and then there's a pause. I was like, so, Michael, what do you think about Derek uh, yeah, potentially being the MVP this year? And he looks at me and goes, that's not about the reunion. And I'm like, ah, well, it is like Derek's had a hell of a year, and I, I think he deserves it. I about passed out. <laughs> I, I just, I was like, I just talked to Michael Jordan. I'm like feeding this tape and I'm running back to the room to, to feed it back to the radio station. Cause I knew all the guys would like talk to Michael Jordan, but I had the, the tape to, to back up the story. So uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. And having talked to all the different guys over all the different years, to be able to have those couple moments with MJ is, is something I'll always remember. Well, that's an amazing way to end this, Nick. We, we thank you for coming on. This was a blast. If, if you'll come on again, we definitely will have you back on again because, you know, we'd love to have you during the season to get some updates and news on, on when there are games actually being played. But Nick Friedel from ESPN, thank you so much. Andrew, Joe, good to be with you guys. I'll see Absolutely. you later. Thanks, man. Take care.
We told you guys you were going to like that interview with Nick Friedel. But fast. How many times have we started? How many times have we started this with, we told you so. And it's true. It is true. But it's, but it's annoying. But it's true. That well, was a blast. I never, forget, I never forget when the last episode I said that was. It might have been the previous one. It might have been, not been for a while. But we know you guys enjoyed that interview with Nick Friedel. <laughs> but fast forwarding <laughs> next week, we have a very, very special guest to help us preview Big Ten football, college football as a whole. And let's just put it like this. Without him, we wouldn't be doing that. That's a very good hint. I think that that probably gives it away. So if you're, this is just another reason that why, this is why you should be listening all the way through these episodes. Um, the last thing I'll say is the next time you guys are listening, Ohio State football will be three days away. Um, the next time you're listening, the Browns and the Bears will be five and one. And the next time you're listening, I don't know. I don't know what else. There's nothing else that matters, I guess, in this world, right? Next time you're listening, you'll be getting excited for our guest because he exceeded our expectations, and he's very funny, or she. It's a he. And what if we started doing gender reveals to reveal our guests? Yeah, like the color of my sweatshirt is blue. It's a boy. All right. Again. Buckle up. Drive the lane manscaped.com promo code osu20 todd pennington he'll take care of you for all your mortgage needs revolution mortgage buckle up drive the lane joe oh it feels good to say this go buckeyes